Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for hey everyone, just a heads up. This episode was our first live event show since February of 2020. Our event shows from conventions are very different format than our usual shows because we have a live audience, and they participate in sharing their experiences running and playing games at the convention. It's a blast, and of course the usual Happy Jacks hosts share their experiences there as well. Unfortunately, we had a small tech glitch, and the first five minutes of the show is not recorded. Sorry about that. Mike, the con man, who runs the Strategicon conventions, came on and told us how great attendance was for Orcon 2023, and that it's back to about 80% of way back pre-pandemic attendance numbers. We were thrilled to hear it, and it really did feel great to be back. Now we're going to jump in with a young gamer who, well, I'll let you hear for yourself. So welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Network. What's your name and what makes you famous? My name is Ezekiel, and what makes me famous is being here at the convention, I guess. Yeah. Local celebrity Ezekiel. Is this your first time at a strategic kind of convention? Uh, no, this is actually my third time. Nice. So you're, you're, you're like an pro. expert? You know, like all the things? Yes, but I haven't done all the things. So there's a difference between knowing all the things and doing all the things. Yeah, yes, there is. I, I think you're going to be you my life coach. You are amazingly wise. <laughs> are, do I have your permission to put that on a t-shirt? Yes. Okay. Hey, hey, ask for a commission. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whatever yeah. you make from the show. Always I get points on the back end. There you go. Oh, that's excellent because we don't make anything on this show. <laughs> but thank you so much. So you said you wanted to tell me about one of the things you did. Do you want to hold the microphone? You can do that too. Okay. So I played a game that he DM'd. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so we played uh, Car Wars and it is a battle game where it's kind of like a survival of the fittest where you're driving your car and you have guns and you need to shoot your opponents in those obstacles. And yeah, it was a very fun game. It, it kind of reminded me of like D&D in a way uh-huh. and like in a little battle game. It, it was interesting. I liked it. That's fantastic. And what made you sign up for that game? What made you want to play that game? We actually saw it uh, like maybe a couple weeks earlier at a store and we're like, oh, hey, this looks interesting. And when we were looking at the signups for the convention, we're like, Oh, look, that's the game that we saw. So let's give it a try. And yeah, it was very fun. That is amazing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about conventions too, is like, oh, I want to try this game. Let's do that. You're amazingly well-spoken. Well done. Yes. (laughs) So what else, if you were going to try and get other people to play the game, what would you tell them was the coolest part about it? The coolest part about it is it was very realistic and how you needed to do like, uh, you need to slow it down to do sharper tones. You need it to war when you're doing a 90 degree turn. So, and each weapon has a different power and you can get different combination of cars to do different abilities that you want. So it's like you can build your own car if you're willing to. And yeah, it's really cool. And did the Game Master do a good job? Yes, yes, he did. Good credit job. To, credit to the Game Master. 
I have to tell you, you are a dream player in the making already, like giving credit to the game master already, like speaking so well about the game. Thank you so much. Have a great time, okay? You too. All right. Awesome. That was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it. <laughs> and here's Jim of Happy Jack's fame. And also he helps run the convention. He runs like all the big conventions. He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Not really. But okay. But he left already. I wanted to offer a position us. in marketing. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally I, if, if once that hits the video, I'm going to. I'm going to take that clip out. Not if I hire him first. <laughs> Friggin' amazing. But it's... Yeah, we know how much it, you charge. <laughs> we can negotiate 25%. that. 25%. It's, it's, it's okay. We, we do have a small stipend that we can allocate to that. But yeah. But in any case, thank you all for being here. And as this child seemed to have put so incredibly poignantly and well, that we are here not only to play games, but find new experiences. And the fact that they're rolling around in a, at a game store and then looking at our, our site and going, oh, that game's available there. I'm going to try it out is exactly what we're here for, right? And what I really wanted to comment on about this particular convention that hasn't been commented on before is I was extremely impressed this go around with the amount of variety of games that we had. Like I said before, we had so much Call of Cthulhu, I think I lost San just putting the schedule <laughs> together. And on top of that, they... Uh, games, Fate of Cthulhu and some other Fate games. We had Rifts going on. We had Savage Worlds going on. We had a whole bunch of small indie games. I mean, Morkborg and Cyborg were both here, which I was really excited about because that's one of the new entries into the, into the industry that I've really been a fan of, as well as Christopher Gray's games, who are excellent, and I, I highly recommend all of them. But I love the fact that we have that kind of variety because I think this is a time right now where... The RPG standard has fallen a little bit in its uh, satisfaction of its of its community and it actually failed its community <laughs> quite quite strongly. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that are actually searching for alternatives and things to do. And I think that's another great thing that this convention can bring to bear because you guys are so incredibly wonderful in actually going in there. People like Tomes, people like you guys that just go in there and actually find these little gems of games and bring them out here to show them to people and increasing everybody's access to that kind of a great storytelling. And, you know, I was telling a, a buddy yesterday, whenever I see somebody, people at a table having a great time, I'm going to know that they're going to leave here and they've created a world. They've created an entire reality that only exists for them. And that moment is a treasure that they're going to be able to have for the rest of their lives. And I know that I've had experiences playing with people in this room that I'll never forget in my entire life that actually have made me happier and a better person, not only because I got to imagine different things, but I got to imagine different things with such a great variety of other people and understanding them and uh, simply growing. This is a hobby of growth and a hobby of imagination. And I'm so incredibly glad to have you guys here and so incredibly glad to be able to serve this community and provide you with what you need to do it. So I hope everybody has a great time and I hope you come back. And I'm so glad this con is getting back to where it used to be. And thank you all for being here. here. Welcome back. Thank you for all the work that you do for us. Yeah. Jim, thank you so much. All the good feels. It's so good. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, Never no, mind. I'm crying. crying. It's so good. <laughs> Actually. All right. So, yeah. So after Ezekiel, so other games on Friday that you ran or played in? 
Oh, I did a game. Okay. Yeah. Should I come to the microphone? <laughs> you want to do a mic? It? Ready, go. Hi, I'm Jason. I ran the game that I made, Demigods, on Friday night and again this morning. And so that's actually why my voice is going out a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. It's also because um, you keep moving the away from the mic. Well, yeah, that's so I don't oh, cough oh. into the microphone. For similitude, I see your voice is going out and you're giving the home audience the whole experience. You know, I like puns, right. Nick. <laughs> that's why we're friends. Yes. And uh, some other things. Uh, my friend. I don't know what that was supposed to imply. Yeah. It sounded dirty. The, the monthly check. <laughs> I know. I got it. Um, so on uh, Friday night, it was a small group. Only two people showed up for my Demigods game. But, and I thought like, I don't know if they're going to want to do this. I'll just offer to do it. You know, like, and they were super into it. So we decided to play and they just had this great buddy cop uh, Demigod experience. It's, oh shit. I was trying to remember what they said about Highcaster a minute ago of the like high level godlike characters. Yeah, the brilliant stroke of genius. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The right. thing that you just said is like also the byline for demigods, <laughs> which <laughs> I was going to just mirror it back. And I, it was a really good joke to just pretend I did the good joke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's so clever. Who said that? We'll sand post too. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a modern day magical, you know, children of the gods thing. And it's, Geared. I think one of the things that the guys last night kind of dug into was the idea that your child of the God doesn't have to be similar to their godly parent. So you can be the poetic disappointment to Aries <laughs> and, well, you know, whatever. Like, I, I wanted a game where you could play a divine disappointment. It's and, not a phase, Dad. Yeah. God. It can like swords and poetry. I'm like, yes. That's <laughs> poetry is like a sword. Yeah. It's just like a sword. I'm going to use swords and poetry for the name of my game. Yep. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But yeah, that game, I think, not remarkable. And like, it, we had a good time, but I think it was cool that these two players just wanted to like dig in and play and did their like buddy cop What's demigod story. Like? I guess if two, only if two people showed up, I would be thinking about canceling. Did, yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you, did I, you was I was going to give them the option, like, because I was jazzed up and ready to go. Yeah. And I was running the one of the pre-gen, the scenario that I wrote in the book that just came out, which if you go to demigodspbta.com, Kimmy will yell at me if I don't rep my own game. <laughs> you you can, rep the site that I made for you. Yes, she made the website and you should go check it out. No, I made probably okay. Oh yeah, probablyokgames.com is the new shit that Demigods PBTA points to eventually. And by the end of February, the game will be for sale on RPG And... <laughs> Uh, it was a long road to get here. It was worth it. I really like that it's ready to go. So <laughs> that makes me happy. So anyway, yeah, last night's game, that was that. It was just really cool to see a couple people dig into it. And like it was enough for them to play two player and they had a blast. What's cool, cool about the mechanics or the game itself that it allows two player play without. Yeah, I, I, I thought that would be a little bit awkward because in my mind, it's optimized for three to five players. Right. And I thought, oh, well, there won't be enough relationship questions or, you know, there won't be enough kind of back and forth because they also knew each other. So they're like best friends who showed up to game together and they just like picked some of the relationship questions that worked and ran with it. And I was like, cool, this is also very easy for me to follow along your energy. So yeah, it was super fun. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Friday. Friday. All right. Moving on to Saturday. Saturday morning. Wait, nothing Saturday more morning. for Friday. 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 
How dare you? Okay, I ran a thing. On, <laughs> I ran a thing on Saturday morning. So now, what's Decima? Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> My name's Kimmy. So hi, Kimmy. Um, hi, Kimmy. I am a TTRPG podcaster. So I ran another beta version of my PPTA hack Starscape with a whole bunch of new changes that I wrote at like 4 a.m. this morning. It's super <laughs> great. So I'm running on two hours sleep. Yeah. And yeah, it went so really coherent. Well. So coherent. <laughs> I mean, it, I am. It prepared. was. It was. I, I'm very tired. But, <laughs> but from a GMing point of view, I felt like it went really, really well. So I ended up with five players and. Wow. Yeah, it was great. And they, a couple of them had never played a PPTA game before. So, which is something that's always been interesting, like to see how they like come to it, how they understand, like when you're describing like, okay, there's success bands rather than like a target number, things like that. Um, how they take to that. Some people struggle like with, oh, there's moves rather than like spells and things like that. If I, they hadn't told me up the front, I would have thought that they just, they, I would not have realized that they hadn't played PPTA before. They both picked it up just so easily. And it went really well. They picked a couple playbooks that I did. I've been working a lot on and doing like a lot of revamping on, which made it exciting for me because I was like, oh, hey, the revamps made it more interesting for people to pick those characters. So that was cool. And yeah, like Chris said, there was a lot of times where I just sat there and just like watched them like interact with each other and trigger different moves on each other. So they had to roll and it was just like, oh, this is great. This is lovely. (laughs) This is really, this is actually pretty good. I haven't talked in like 15 minutes. That's okay. They're talking a lot. So are any of my players here who would like to come talk? Bill. Roper. <laughs> Bill. Now, what's Bill Roper? <laughs> no, <laughs> what isn't Bill Roper? Yeah. That's like a no, very, why is Bill Roper? Oh, what, when is Bill Roper? <laughs> so what's your name? Yeah, Bill what's Roper. Famous? Hi, my name is Bill Roper. What's going to be famous? I don't know. A bunch of stuff. Games, work, work. Video games. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Jacks. I've been on Happy Jacks. I've been a couple times. Yes. So I got to play Starship, which was super fun. I was excited about it because I've been hearing about it since the last convention when Elspeth played. And she's like, you got to go and play it. But don't play this playbook. Play different playbooks and then we can talk about them, which was great. And so I played the civilian, which quickly turned into... And the thing I like is that they're really aren't races presented to us when I mean, there's inspirational artwork we can do whatever you want so uh getting to start by making your own race was super fun so i made uh opsonians which are basically uplifted lasso opsos uh and so i had a little two foot five guy named Olasso who was uh, very much into making deals and it kind of didn't matter the legality aside is fine but it was great because there was like a ton of just like incredible energy at the table like you said, whether people had played or not before, they really immediately got into what it was about. I think we all followed that trope, like think of this like a TV show, right? So we were doing things knowing like how the audience would perceive it or how it would be seen. And then uh, I thought Kimmy did a great job of saying like, oh, now like there's a cut to this moment of this thing happening that's not you guys. And it cuts back where the audience sees this, which was great. By the end, there was one of the characters who was playing a human artifact seeker who was obsessed with 80s Earth artifacts, 70s and 80s Earth, and in fact, the whole launching point for our session, which was just born out of us all sitting and talking at the table, um, was that we were a crew that had been out trying to sell stuff. We had tried to, we were selling a 1972. 77. Well, we thought it was a 70. The guy who was buying it thought it was a 72. So embarrassing. Camaro. 
but the artifact guy is a well actually guy. And so as he was tuning it up and the guy was like, oh, talking about how he knew about this car. He's like, well, actually it's a 1977, which then screwed our deal. So we didn't make as much money and we all start off very tense, needing money, very fireflyish. <laughs> and it ends up being where we are basically making the decision to help overthrow an evil military <laughs> government. Like, as like one does. That old chestnut. Yeah. 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 The two things that I thought were a table thing and a personal thing. One at the table at one point, because the one thing Jim loves to do is to put the Happy Jacks games in the same room so we don't bother other people. <laughs> I um, mean, legit. Is, and so at what? one point, we're just over there, oh, what it was? and then <laughs> and Jesus goes like, oh, I want to watch that show. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was some shenanigans yep. going off. And then I don't know how to take this because my character, at one point, I realized I was just doing a voice and I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm doing the Grand Nagus. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of where it's at. At one point, Nick over dinner said, that's like the most Bill character I've ever seen. I'm, I kind of know how to take that. Well, I, Bill, I don't know if you saw the description for that character. Did you read the blurb at the top? It says, this is not Bill Roper. It I is know. thematically similar, yet legally distinct okay, from Bill well. Roper, but it's not Bill Roper. And no one should confuse the two legally no. or otherwise. I don't, I don't, maybe people would confuse it. I don't know. I'm a little confused by it. But well, all I meant was you were having a great time. You had a great voice. It was super fun to, to, to watch you work. It was, I think the setting was immediately immersive, right? So all of us were able to jump in, grab these tropes, and then really run with them, including the robot, the mimic robot who started to get feelings. Yeah. So a little Pinocchio trope, <laughs> which led to a great, great moment. And this is where I'll leave it on because I think this is the beauty of the game. Everybody has their own, like, kind of their personal thing they're trying to achieve during the session, right? Which is like your, your secret thing, but not because it's necessarily bad or anything. It's just like you just don't share it. And the treasure hunter, the artifact seeker, his was that he was going to try to get the robot to acknowledge they had feelings because it was like a new thing. So they've had this whole thing, and he's basically trying to get him to get angry, get angry, and he's going off and he's yelling at him and saying terrible things. And finally, the robot punches him. He's like, Yes, yes, I knew it. I knew it. And he's like, I Reach up and I hug him. It's like, I knew you had it. He's like, And then I just like, I'm so excited. Like, I kiss him, right? Yes. The kiss the robot. Oh, he goes, he goes right back up and he's like, Oh, I knew you had feelings. And we all decided that was the moment the three of us had like stepped onto the ship. And all we saw was that guy kiss the robot and then be like, I knew you had feelings and we're all. <laughs> and it's like, and commercial. That's right? the show I want like, to watch. And it was like, yes, like that was the beauty of the, of the game encapsulated. So it was super fun. And I thought all the character book, the playbooks were fantastic. And you have to go with every box to go run it because it was, you did a great job. Woo! It, it sounds like you have some shortcuts in getting people immersed and like you don't have to explain anything. I do. Well, and I have a, I gave myself a cheat, which I'm going to tell everyone. So if you want to steal it, that's fine. But so I start off the game with, especially for one shots, there's basically like a Mad Libs thing where it's oh, like on your genius. last adventure. Yeah. And it has these sort of generic like statements that cause drama. And then I basically take the characters and I put them in a random order. Sometimes it's by character age. Sometimes it's by like alphabetical order of character names. Sometimes it's alphabetical order of player names, whatever's going to be like the most random. And I put their names in that order over and over again. And that just fills in like, this is what happened last week. 
And that just creates a whole like melting pot of drama that they all have now as a shared history that takes like a minute and a half to do. And then it launches them off on, oh, these are all the feelings you have now, go. And then it really takes a lot of the load off of me as a GM because they all know where they're starting from. They all know there's drama involved. And then it gives me some threads that I can then weave into a plot. So, which is, it's, I like it. I'm proud of it. Yeah, that's cool. Great. So yeah, and that's really helped, especially the one shots. Um, if I was running like a full campaign, I don't know if I'd use that particular tool, but for one shots, it's amazing. Okay, let's talk about somebody else, please. Okay. Who else ran or playing a game on Saturday morning? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Anybody? Saturday, You don't Saturday? have to run it, and it doesn't have to be have been a happy duck. Like it can be any game you played. If you like played a card game at games on demand or whatever. I played yeah. an adorable game. Yes, adorable Woo, game. Come tell us. Yeah, you know. Saturday afternoon. Sorry. That's fine. Good. It was called. Sorry. You have a Wonder Woman sweatshirt on, so you get to go first. Like called Prosperity, and you are running a tea shop. Wait, wait, wait. wait so first, what's your name and what makes you famous? I'm Lori, and I'm famous for marrying Jim. <laughs> Excellent choices made all around. <laughs> But um, I played in a game called Prosperity. It went through its Kickstarter. It's a little indie game and it's adorable. And you're basically a competitive tea shop owner and it's totally in my wheelhouse and I love it. And it was adorable. And I totally recommend if anybody wants to go play, it's down in the ballroom in minis. But it's, you know, you have different teas you're trying to develop and make and you it gets rather cutthroat and um, you're trying to gain points and and basically fame for your tea shop. So but how do you get points for tea? You, you can. Spilling it. <laughs> you co-op <laughs> special orders of tea. And if you do a favor for someone, you get a special token. Oh. And then that token counts as a single point. But you can also use it as a wild card for any aspect of what you're doing. So it's, it's kind of neat. And so Mike actually almost won the game. He's not here to talk about it right now, but he, uh, it's, uh, it was getting a little uh, competitive. <laughs> tea, tea development is a little meaner than you think it is. So. But it was really I, fun. So are I, you able to hire assassins versus the other tea shops? <laughs> no, no. Oh, really. Never mind. <laughs> That's a different question. If, if two tea shops are fighting and then they decide that they're not going to fight anymore, is that a three tea? So, oh. so you're saying... Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. A, a cease of hostilities. Yeah. So the, the game reached a boiling point, you're saying? <laughs> you're steeped in drama? Okay. A, a little bit steamed. Yeah. yeah. I thought of a pun. I'm proud of myself. That's well, not you we're all my so strong proud. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Excellent. That sounds amazing. I have to find that now. You guys are tempted. Come up here. You can take turns. You're next. Okay. Are you okay? Come back. You're gonna have to pass the mic back and forth. So first, where are your names and what makes you famous? Hi, I'm Adam Nasani, and I'm famous for running Catan qualifiers two years ago in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow! Hello, my name is Jerry, and I'm famous for bringing him over to Strategicon. Yeah. Woo! So it's all his fault. I'm here, <laughs> but it's a good fault. So. We made a schedule to come here. One of the things we decided to try out was a new game, or a game at least new to us, called Soulforge. It's a card game. It's made by the same people that made Keyforge, if you've ever heard of that. Uh, Computer-generated decks. Every deck is slightly random, so you don't know what you're getting, but they all work in some manner. And 
Uh, so we tried, we were going to originally try the game. We didn't want to wake up early enough to go to the 101. So we figured we're smart enough. We've played Magic the Gathering. We've played Keyforge. <laughs> we've played board games. We play video games. We can figure this out. We've got this. So we sat down, paid $35, bought the starter kit, and decided to try to figure out how to play the game with the instructions online. And how do you think it went? So for some reason, we only use a third of the deck and we were able to knock each other out before we got to the second part of the deck. What we didn't realize was in the instructions that when you played a creature or a spell, you would upgrade from tier one to tier two. So after we came back today, we decided to try that out and we actually got to the third tier. Easily the third tier. Easily the third tier. And it actually became fun because then we're like, how are we hitting each other by turn four? And then we're like, oh, now we're at turn 10. Exactly. What made this interesting for the two of us was that as people who played many games, when you're trying to learn a game on your own and you hit this block point of like, why is it not working? This obviously worked because they made, they printed this game. <laughs> people who play this, something works, but it's not working for us. And you don't have someone to ask questions that, and it was so late at night, we decided that we basically Sherlock Holmes did, went home and basically spent a good couple hours in the night just trying to figure out what went wrong. And there's something about games in general that when you hit that point where some people will get really frustrated, but a lot of people who I think play games on a regular basis, be it RPGs, be it tabletop games, any of those whatsoever, you hit that point and instead of saying, odd, you know, throwing up your hands and being done with it, you want to find the solution and you want to figure it out. Because once you figure it out, that aha moment is what makes us want to come back. Yep. And so we had that aha moment at night and it was so much fun to come back today and then sit down and say, screw the schedule we had made for today that we were going to do and play this game for three hours the right way. Probably finishing touches is probably next time we're going to play some RPGs. (laughs) All the ones that you talked about sound pretty cool and we want to get in on that. (laughs) Right here. All right. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, and we'll definitely be back running a bunch of different games for next con. So if you come to Strategic Con, if you look, they're specifically listed as Happy Jacks games. So it's like you can see. And usually it's the last line of the description. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the there's, a, there's a sponsored yeah. thing now. And sometimes we put it in there. So we're trying to figure out the oh, new formatting. It's nice that. new formatting. We like it, Jim. But we're just, we, we did it late. So... <laughs> Well, I, have, I have to talk to you about the sponsor thing. Oh, oops. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I it was up. Jim's fault. Okay. I'm in trouble now. Okay. More Saturday stuff. I have one. Okay. Oh, do you want to go? Ready? You yeah, go, go. Do the thing. So, what's your name? And what makes you famous? We know you're on the podcast last week. So, yes, I was on the podcast last week. Uh, I'm Jameson. I'm a writer. I do writing things for games, uh, quests of your stuff like that. Yeah. So, this game. This con, I got to run Morkwork, and it is so metal and so good. And normally, I don't like killing my players, but this is a game where they're like, into the meat grinder we go, and throw themselves into it happily. I think by the end of this game, I had five character deaths, and I brought stamps, uh, one for if you survived, and if you died, cause of death. And I was so happy I got to use the cause of death stamp. And I was like, can I get one of those? I'm like, yes. Boom, Boom. you're done. <laughs> so yeah, I had, I had a great time. It was a, a lot of fun. I recommend picking up Morkborg if you're going to play games. Pick it up. It's so good. But yes. Pick it up, pick it up. What's your favorite character death? Yeah. Oh. The question was, what was your favorite character death? Yes. 
I guess it would be the, the final death of the game. This character has the one spell that they could cast. And they could, you know, fight normally, but they have one spell. And that spell is called death. And what that means is that from them, including them, within 30 feet, everyone takes 4d10 damage. Now, for Mortwork, you're looking at maybe five hit points total. Some characters had two. So if they pop that off, everyone in the party is going to die. So this person runs at the lich thing that they're fighting, tackles it. And because they have wings, it's a thing. They flutter up some, kick off the spell, and just nuke themselves and this evil lich. Amazing. So just a black hole where they were. It was a lot of fun. Second favorite, there's this uh, pillars you got to jump between. There's fog underneath it. Everyone loves the jumping puzzle. Right? Platforming. <laughs> I said no one ever. RPGs. Everyone loves that. Uh, and of course, they wanted to know what would happen if they just kept jumping into the fog. It's the first time they come through, they've aged, and they have no teeth. And like, let's just keep going. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen. You can't lose more teeth, but you can still keep aging. They're like, too bad. And yeah, so I lost two other players that way. Oh. <laughs> Experimental characters, characters, characters. Yeah, no, the, the players are fine with yeah. Stu. We, we had Stu is fine. Stu is fine. Yeah. We at Happy Jacks don't endorse or know of any player deaths that may or may not have been attributed to Happy Jacks RPG. So, yeah, it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I had a lot of fun. I love coming to the con, and it's such a blast to finally get to boogie back here. I wanted to add one little thing to regarding your wanting to check out RPGs sooner uh, rather than later. If you check out the Happy Jacks Discord for anyone, not just you guys, you can, but like for anyone, if you check out Happy Jacks Discord, there are links there to JackerCon, which is kind of an ongoing rolling event that uh, Happy Jacks listeners participate in. And there's always a good time there. It's a lot of good folks on the in our Discord. So org slash Discord. And not just participate in, they yeah. organized it and oh, kind yes. of brought yeah, the yeah. whole the whole idea and was like, hey, do you mind if we do this? And we said, Yeah, it's great. We love it. And it's super fun. It's great getting up in my case for that. The last one I got up at five in the morning to match someone who was yeah. in yeah, England, England to be able and, to yeah. <laughs> and it's worth it too. Oh so yeah, it's good it. times. Yeah. Good times. We have a very good community. We love you very much. All right. Other stuff on Saturday. I ran a game on Saturday. Do it. So, so I want to tell you, first of all, this is the first con game that I've ever run. What? <laughs> so what I decided to run is uh, later on, because I guess we're self-plugging here, on the Happy Jacks network, I'm... <laughs> you're you're <laughs> welcome like to. You're welcome to. <laughs> you're consenting adults can do whatever they want in their consenting houses. We are not... I don't know where that went. In any case, yeah. I'm going to be running a streamed... Savage Worlds game set in the land of Oz. And oh. so I decided to do this game also in the land of Oz and set some things up for my players. So depending on what the results are with, of this game, it's going to influence how the players are going to, what they're going to have access to when I actually start rolling, running the, the full game. So that was fun. I also had uh, two players show up. So Kimmy had more players than both of our games. And I feel, <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but I, I took that personally. Yep. But, I offered them the same choice. Wait around, see if anyone showed up. Nobody did. And I said, look, I'll, I'll run this for you if you want. Or if you want to get out of here and go find something else, that's cool. I won't be hurted by that at all. But they said, no, 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 we'll, we'll stick it out. So the two of them chose from the, the characters. I'd put a whole bunch of pre-gen characters out that were made for me by Jameson. Thank you very much. Yeah. And 
Not for nothing. I'll say any GM who has two players only stick around is a GM who is thought highly of, right? That is not, not, I mean, I don't, I can't think of another example where that happened recently, but, but for you where that like a situation where a GM has two people and they're like, you know what? We like you. We trust you. We're going to do this. That's high praise for any GM that that has ever happened. The GM is probably also very handsome. Probably. I mean, demonstrably so. Demonstrably so. Charismatic. Well, let's not get too far. But in any case, I decided to go ahead and run it for them. I'm a big fan of Lego, so I made all the minis out of Lego (laughs) minifigs. And I repurposed a bunch of maps, and it was the Assault on Mombi's Keep. So the witch Mombi from the world of Oz and had uh, stolen a magic picture from Ozma, and they had to try and get this picture back. And the whole keep itself was trapped. Much like your buddy cop, the, the two guys went ahead, and they just immediately had a relationship that went off and let them explore just the being able to take a Tommy gun into Oz really uh, kind of evens your odds. Uh, so I had a gangster and I had a soldier. So between the M1 and the Tommy gun, it was a little bit of a cakewalk, but that's okay. I was also adjusting everything on the fly because I had planned for up to six people and only had two. So I might have also aired a little bit in their favor. But I had a super fun time. And for me, being my first con game, I was a little bit trepidatious about it. By the time it rolled around and by the time it was finished, I had none of the jitters or fear or anything that I was worried about. I just felt great. And so I will certainly come and run another game. Cool. Great. All right. And I have to add one more thing. And this isn't just butt kissing because Jim is here. I actually, so this is the only, this was my first con ever coming to a strategic con was the first time I'd ever been to a gaming convention. And eventually starting to run games here. And now I've run games at a few different cons, including Gen Con. And I like running games here more than anywhere else that I've run games. Like it's very easy. And like nobody is kicking me behind the chair to make me say this. It's just, I've been meaning to tell you this, Jim, that like the process of running games here is like, it's probably boring to hear somebody talk about, but it's like (laughs) life-giving to be able to do it the way we do it here. So. Thank you for all that work that you put in. All right. Other stuff on Saturday? I ran ran something else on Saturday. You did? (laughs) Well, so High Caster, I said, was the big epic heroes. Dungeon Caster is, you know. The trash heroes. The trash heroes (laughs) who are trying to make something of themselves. And so I ran Dungeon Caster today. And it's what it is is actually the core rules for High Caster, but it has a lot of more constraints and it's designed for more rough and tumble play. And it's really OSR kind of driven. And so I did really a dungeon delve on it, which I hadn't really done in Highcaster before. So it was an interesting experiment. It's an important one because this is an adventure that I'm giving out to all of my backers. So I wanted to make sure. (laughs) And you didn't know it, Jason, but you were (laughs) playtesting. He gotcha. But anyway, I I think I had fun. I mean, I looking at it objectively, it was... (laughs) It was a lot of rolling, and after a while, I was thinking, I guess I'm okay with that. I mean, um, I mean, I did my best to make it a miserable experience for you. <laughs> it it like worked. all good playtesters. Even though Jason was there, I mean, it was all right. It was yeah. cool. In spite of my presence, yeah. <laughs> no, but what I'm trepidatious about, I was worried about all of the rolling, and I thought, you know what? This is what D&D is like, and this is the adventure I've made, so I guess that's the way it should be, but I'm not used to that. I'm used to much more narrative kind of focused games, so I don't know. I, when I left it, I thought, Oh, I hope that wasn't too much rolling, even though I think I had fun. What do you think, Jason? Uh, I had a great time. 
And I will say I am not a fan of D20 based systems. I've, I'm open about that. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't mind sharing that. Um, and this and the Star Trek Adventures are the two D20 systems that I would play. Oh, so sweet. that is a very short list of D20 games that I'm willing to play. So, oh, and the online hack of the two player we're in love game, but we can't be together. Star Trek. Star Cross. Star Cross. Yeah. Yes. There's an online hack of that where you roll two D20s and try not to match. And that's, yeah, that's a really cool way to play it without the Jenga tower. So technically a D20 game, I guess. But yeah, I, I mean, so I played in this game today, which is the next thing we would segue to, right? So yeah. and let me talk about me. Uh, <laughs> I got to the point. So I'm one of those people at the table who's like, I can't pick the character. I'll pick last, blah, blah, blah. There were two that I was kind of looking at, the rogue and the fighter. I was like, okay, everybody else picked it. There were four other play four other? Yeah, it was a big Yeah, it was a five-player yeah. table. And I was like, cool, somebody's gonna help me whittle this down. The two character sheets that were left, fighter and the rogue. <laughs> so I was like, well, too bad I can't multi-class. And Chris was like, you can multi-class. <laughs> like, oh, great. Yeah, thanks switch out the disciplines. For nothing. <laughs> I mean, thanks for just giving me everything I want in a game, stupid guy. And I did actually like chop and change a couple things and it didn't feel like I just gutted the warrior it didn't feel like I OP'd pulling something in from the rogue it just felt like a different character that I made my own and was fun to play and was still balanced and fit in with what everyone else was doing and yeah that's fun it's a yeah, good time cool. Cool. Yeah. excellent would you say this is a good alternative to D&D as a game system is this a good alternative to D&D as a game system well I would play this so, I uh, in all cadence. So, I mean, I've been running D and D adventures with this system for over two years now. And, yeah, it seems uh, like that'd be easy to convert. It's that you don't have to think anymore. You just yeah. don't even need stat blocks. And what it happens when you run like I ran those big book ones too. And what happens is that you end up cutting to the story much quicker, and you end up diving more into the characters that you're playing with, and the NPCs matter more, and the events matter. Like you can be in a dungeon. And it, it's okay. And you will spend the entire time being okay with being in that dungeon without feeling like a grind because everything is a story, you know, a sort of mini story. That's so amazing. I'm never going to go back. I'm just, I have the system. <laughs> I'm just going to buy D&D books, maybe. I don't even know how I'm going to do that. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll run my system using their I, content. I have to mention one of my favorite things, one of the mechanics in this game. And help me if I describe it wrong. Sure. But my impression of this mechanic was you can just say what you want to do, like in a lot of popular indie games, and you do it, right? Do Say what you want to do and do it. But there's this component of like, wait, if you're going to roll something, there has to be a challenge on the table. There has to be like a card filled out or something where you're rolling against this challenge to resist. And if that's not there, so sometimes like Chris was like, okay, a storm rolls in. All right, there's a storm on the table. Okay, we got to figure out how to deal with the storm. Cool. But there were times where we're like, okay, well, we want to investigate this place and find the thing, but there was no challenge in front of us. So like, we could just walk around and look at all the books. But we we're like, but we want to use this time and like look for clues and shit. And Chris was like, well, you could spend one of your tokens and make a problem or I can make a problem for you. <laughs> I was all like, right. ah, yes, I like it. I don't know which one I want. Is that accurate? Yeah, you get paid though if I make the problem. Oh yeah, yeah. You so I, I'll make the problem really severe. So for example, let's say I want to explore this. You might just say, oh, well, the problem is I'm looking for information to help me, right? Right. Boring. But you could do that and just pay for it. Or I could say the thing you're looking for is actually a trap that will murder you. Yeah. And, and that is now a new yeah. truth in the setting. If you find the book yeah. you want, it will try to eat you. Yeah. yeah that, the, 
So it's it does it, there, there's a lot of power uh, change or offsetting between the GM and the player. Uh, be, so you can create the story in a more collaborative way. Yeah. Yeah. Just that resolution mechanic of like, would you like me to invent a problem for you? It's like <laughs> just very much my shit. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Clippy. Looks like you need a problem. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Clippy. I do. <laughs> I would like drama and mess, please, in my game. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, Saturday. Oh, wait, uh, real quick. Uh, yes. There is a question in chat. Uh, Chris, where do we send our money? Oh, is, um, just, it's just, like about to come shooting out of the motor. Just, just Venmo me. Go to <laughs> that was very Un, unmarked bills. Go to, uh, go to dungeoncaster.world. Um, everything is just wrapped on the Kickstarter. So in two weeks, you'll be able to buy it. So if you get on that email list, you'll get a free adventure. And you'll get all the information you need to, to buy the rule set. Also, the rule set is under Creative Commons, so you can just download the set for free without any of the layout or anything Interesting. and use that game hmm. to make your own games, to use as a Kleenex, you know, whatever you want to do, <laughs> totally yours, and it's going to be free forever. You can't revoke it. It's irrevocable. Ah. What an interesting idea. That's such a like generous and and like giving way to be a part of the community right. that shares this with right. you. No, it's no. more like network economy. Right, is. right. Now, now in like 20 years, is it still going to be irrevocable? I can't I can't revoke it. Okay. All right. I can't. Granted. Irrevocable. Right. Um, well, I played a game this afternoon. Yay! Uh, so one of the most amazing things about this con that I've never seen at another convention is the very robust games on demand section that has a huge assortment of indie games. Our friend Tomes, who used to run Small Game Hunter on our channel, who did like we had a show for a while where he'd bring in indie games and show us. And that got to just be too much of a time crunch because, you know, kids take a lot of time and he has kids. But also he runs this amazing thing. You can come at any time of the day during any part of the con. It's like also just like a special magic at like 2 a.m. when you're done with your other game and you're like, I'm not ready to go to bed yet. Let's go to Games in Demand. That's right. So that's that's why I'm going after this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to get a drink and then I'm going to go to Games on Demand. I didn't. I went at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. But We need a summer um, quesadilla. I went down. <laughs> And people just pitch games. There's not there's a lineup. There's a table that have a bunch of games with Decima on it. I was so excited to see Decima on the table for the first time. Decima is very much like formed at this con. Like I did so much beta testing. Like the first time I got the idea for the game, I like brought it here with like these terrible cards with like sticky questions on. It was amazing. They were sticky. That's true. They were, and they were bad. So having like the finished product here at the con is kind of wild, but. I played a game called Told by Starlight, which is very much like a narrative story game. You sit down with however many players are are playing and you take, we did a, a big, like a dry erase board, but you can do it in a paper or anything like that. And you basically just draw dots everywhere and you start and then you go around the table, you draw from a regular deck of cards and it gives you specific prompts. So you start creating constellations. So I'll draw a constellation and then the next person will get a, like prompts about that and come up with the story behind that constellation. And as you That's play through cool. the game, you create this sky full of constellations, like connections to each other, this whole lore and like how they like the ideas of what these constellations mean changes over the years or might mean different things to different people. And it was just amazing. Like it was one of those things where I was like, okay, 
I have to set up for the podcast, so I don't have time to run or play in a full RPG. So I went down there and I ended up having an amazing, inspiring experience that made me change a little bit about how I think about games. So now I've like got that like kind of percolating in my head for my design stuff. You can pick it up at itch.io at the one true ryancon.itch.io. So it's available there for download. It actually has like very beautiful, charming art. And it's just like a very cool, simple game. And I actually think it would really be great to play also with kids and stuff like that because they get to kind of connect the dots and create whatever you want. And it was very interesting playing with Nick was in the game with me. Yep. And like just different people's styles and what types of things they added to the night sky was pretty incredible. It's a really cool idea. That's really yeah, cool. It was, it was really neat. What did, you, what did you think, Nick? I had a lot of fun. I really liked it. Again, it was neat to see what some people brought to the table as opposed to other people. Some people were very simple and would make little just simple geometric shapes and then call them whatever, name them and give them a uh, an archetype. Other people would make like big flowing or anthropomorphic representations. Kimmy had a made a constellation that was called the lover and she like drew out the dress and it was like a full person. And then over here there's like the rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just really neat to, to tell the story and there are mechanics to like link the story of this constellation to that constellation or why do these two work together or how are they opposed or take another color and connect these two constellations and it forms something new and what's that about? And because of the way that it's structured, one person draws the constellation or makes whatever that changes, and the next person tells the story about what happens. So you're always moving along, then they create a constellation, and the and someone else tells the story. So even if you put something on the board that you think is, oh, well, clearly that's a swan, you don't know what the next person is necessarily going to do with the story of that swan, which I thought was really neat. It, it sort of, there was a synergy between people. Well, and it kind of asks you to have trust. I, I haven't played this yet. No, so I, you, like, you yeah. have to hand that off to the next person. Yep. Hope they'll be respectful with yeah. it. Yeah, you have to let them have first crack at your baby. I love that. Yeah. And it really was interesting because it, it made you really reflect on like what it would be like to be like there and creating these stories and like looking up at the night sky and why people all over the world have looked at the night sky and come up with different stories, you know, depending on where they were. And like you could look at the same set of stars and see such completely different things. And it was just, it was very interesting and, and a fascinating kind of. Uh, shared storytelling experience. Hmm. One of one of the people that I talked to there after the game was over, he had never considered the fact that different cultures see different things in the night sky because oh. we're trained on the ones that yeah. we know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh yeah, you know, Slavic and Russian mythology, they're seeing different things or, or calling the constellations different and have different stories about them. And I presume other cultures did as well. And it was just neat to have him go, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, very... It opens your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like we're so Eurocentric with what we teach about the night sky, and that's very inaccurate for how most of the world is. So it's yeah, it was a fascinating game, and I, I love the art is just so beautiful and simplistic too. And it was just it was great to try a brand new indie game, walking in having no idea what it was, and it was like, all right, I'm going to try this thing, and having it be something that was like very like kind of in my wheelhouse, something I really enjoyed. And on the lowbrow side, it uses deck of cards, and I love a game with deck of cards. <laughs> That's cool. We also have a fairly new department here called ING, or Indie New Games, and it's centered upon basically uh, independent game developers that want to promote or playtest their games here at this convention. Uh, oh. It was brought about by the fact that I kept telling everybody, 
oh my god, this con is so great for people to build games because we have such great gamers that will give freaking awesome feedback on, on, on people's games. It's one of the things that I am incredibly proud of of this con. But so we actually Oh yeah, wise guy, give us a department for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what <laughs> that's what we did. So Indie New Games, which will starting next con will be very easily visible next to our games library. And so I highly recommend you come check this out. If you're interested in all things that are odd or different or not part of the mainstream gaming market, this is a great place to discover those kind of things and, and walk away with some neat experiences. The whole thing is that they'll sit here, they'll demo the game for you, they'll talk to you about it, they'll teach you the game. and They'll scream at you when you play it wrong. Uh, no, actually, they're very, they're very kind people. If they're not, they're, they're athletes. But nonetheless, if, if you're curious about those kind of things and you want to experience that kind of stuff, this the, the ING department is a fantastic place to do it. Additionally, to the Games on Demand department. And oh my God, this con has so many freaking role-playing departments. I was thinking about it yesterday. There's, there's me, there's LARPs, which is role-playing standing up. Uh, <laughs> Weird. <laughs> there's Adventurers League. Jimmy's broken. Uh, and uh, Pathfinder Society. And uh, games on demand. All these are, are role playing games that, that we have. So it's it's like every single sub flavor. It, it's the super Neapolitan of role playing games. So it, it's super cool. How if you have an indie game? Here, repeat my question. If you have an indie game, how do you get it in that department? Well, if you do have an indie game and you want to get into that department, go ahead and uh, go to our website and go ahead and put in run an event under events and uh, select ing as your department, and that will basically immediately put your your game into the attention of the person that runs that department, and they'll schedule you space here at StrategicCon for whenever you're available. So, you know, that's one of the great things about this con and the way that we run it is it's, we understand that everybody here doing this is a volunteer. This is what they're doing for their spare time for their own entertainment. So if you can only be here Saturday for that limited amount of time, we'll do everything we can to make sure that that's the time that you get allotted for what you want to do. So it's we... The biggest thing about this convention is it's run by volunteers, people that run games, people that do this kind of stuff, all the administrative stuff, but mostly the people that actually run games. If we don't have people that run games, there's no convention. <laughs> so we, so that, those are the people that we treat as gingerly and as kindly as we possibly can because they're the true value of this convention, which is... There was a brown M&M in my bowl of M&Ms, Jim, and I just want to let you know, <laughs> I, am, I am incensed. I did see it. It was originally it. the right color, but it fell into the wrong place. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Walks. Any other stuff for Saturday? All right. I think we might be wrapped. Anything else? Anyone want oh, to no, share? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Over here, we have someone from Sunday. We have a time travel here. Uh, come, <laughs> come on. No, no, no. You can't do this. Oh, oh. Time space continuum. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Cool. 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 Yeah. No, I, I was wrong. <laughs> it's a fixed point in space. I'm very tired. I was really confused about that. <laughs> The punchline was it's a time travel joke. You'll get it later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for season 31, episode 16 of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast, still live from Orcon 2023. My name is Kimmy. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. I'm Nick. And this is our live studio audience. <laughs> We're very sorry for the technical difficulties at the top of the show, but we heard most of it, so it's pretty good. It's our first time doing this in like three years, so we're a little rusty, but we'll be back next con to do it again. And thank you so much, and we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye. We're not rusty, we're oxidized. Yeah. <laughs>
show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. 